What's up, Alcoholics Anonymous? <laughs> Welcome to the final album. It has Al led up to this. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're just going to call it after that onslaught. Hello, my name is Jay Shinoy, and we are here with episode 14 of Weird Albums. With me, as always, is Jay. What's up, buddy? What's going on? We've expended all of our pun, our puns in the first 10 seconds. Uh, listen, we get one more album to talk about, and I feel like any any leftovers I have in my pun tanks need to be emptied out all over your face right now. That's... what? what? Ew. Don't forget, people... Uh, th- even though this is the last album, we are going to do one final episode in two weeks. So come back for that because we're going to have uh, our battle of our original albums. Jay and I have each crafted uh, our own, what we think would be a, a fantastic album that could come out right now. If there was a 15th one, yeah, we have, we've made a track listing. Yeah, so we're going to And also, ours. you need to hear, I keep refusing to use words like favorite because I'm saving it all for the final episode. Yes, and so if too. you don't tune in for that, you're cheating yourself and me. I've been trying to dangle the carrot on the stick in front of you this whole time. Yep, we're going to reveal our all-time favorites. What are we going to do? Like our top five songs, our like bottom five songs, our top five albums, all those things? We're ranking all the albums. We're going 14 to 1. The Yankee Awards? I don't think we can call them the Yankees. <laughs> I think that's what the porn awards are called, aren't they? And then I was going to say just favorite original, favorite parody, and you were like, we got to do some list for those, like top five or, or top three or something. So yeah, we're gonna. it's going to be a little Al Ward show. You don't want to miss it. Don't back away after this episode and feel like you've, you've heard it all, because there's what we're giving you a send-off. You know what? I would love if folks out there have been listening want to hit us with their favorite original, favorite parody, and favorite album. Give us your three favorites. Uh, email us, weirdalbums at gmail.com. I would love that as well. In fact, I think that should be a new segment. Let's do that at the beginning of every episode from here on out. Okay. Let's do uh, fan or, mail. Or, or go on Instagram. You can post it there, at weirdalbums. Uh, so yeah, we want we want your your tops as well. All right, Jay, you ready to get into this mandatory fun? What was the year? I am. This is album fourteen. The year was two thousand and fourteen. This was first off released not with a huge lead off single the way that an album usually is. This was a like two week gauntlet where he released a video a day for eight days, and then it all culminated with the release of the album. And it was insane and awesome and a great time to be alive. It was such an exciting week. It really was. And this was such a great like couple years for pop music, and it just makes this album so fun, man. I didn't know which ones to like not play. Like I could have, like, there's, no, there's not a bad song on this whole thing. They're it's all great. It's a very good fine alley. It's a great final album. So this was his last album required by his record contract, and it it was the last full album that he made, and he said it probably would be, but I really think that that had more to do with the way that music is made and released and consumed now than him not wanting to do it anymore. I really don't think it was like a... The vibe whenever he talks about it is not like it was a record contract's up, finally get to punch out. It's more like a... He's an album guy. This is We did a whole podcast about it. He's served very well in album form, and that's not how you do music anymore. I would love, and I hope that the fact that he's now like midway through his second full like sold-out tour of doing all originals, I hope that rejuvenates him and gives him the energy to say, 
I'm going to put out an album of all originals. I would love that, that. That would be amazing. I would go buy that CD if there if he put one out for sure. Like you know, obviously there's a crowd for it. People love the originals. He's done like with the old style. Just come back, just surprise release an album of all originals. I think that would be amazing. What if he just put out an album that wasn't comedy? What if what if they just <laughs> dropped like a dad rock album? <laughs> it was just like a spoken word. Just a very serious spoken word album. <laughs> All right. So after that, after that eight day gauntlet that I was talking about, this <laughs> album came out and went straight to number one the first time that has happened in the man's career. His first number one album, which my friends and I were talking when that happened. When you're a kid and you're like getting into Weird Al and every kid in school is talking about it, I was shocked that Bad Hair Day was not the number one album when it came out because of the phenomenon that it was amongst my 10 and 11-year-old peers. But at that time, buying music was still very much a thing, you know what I mean? Like, everyone was still buying CDs at that time, so it's it was hard to compete at that point because everybody was buying CDs every week. I mean, I was still buying CDs when Mandatory Fun came out. Not as much, though. That's well into the era of streaming stuff. Uh, I meant me personally. Oh. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it was a little easier at that point because everything was online at that point. But I'm glad he did, and and what a a way to go out. You know, what a a swound song. Might have been better this episode. I'm going to try to keep that up. (laughs) Try to keep that average going. Uh, So, yeah, we got 12 songs on here, five parodies, six originals, one... I was going to say Final Polka, but actually the thing that he's released since this album was he did a Hamilton Polka. Yeah, which is really, really good. Like, it is. Really, really good. And I don't even like Hamilton that much, but it's really, really good. It's excellent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's go ahead. Let's jump in to track one, which was one of those one of those videos. I think almost all of the parodies were. Mm-hmm. And it's a parody of... Iggy Azalea's, I don't even have a Wikipedia page pulled up. It's fancy. Now let me glue that, glue that, and screw that, screw that. Any random joy you got, well, I can do that, do that. Or maybe I'll just rewire your house for fun. I got 99 problems, but a switch ain't one. I'm so handy. Everyone said so. I'll crowd your bathroom. Resurface your patio. I think he benefited on this album a lot that there was that period in pop music too where a lot of these sparse songs like had a had a minute. They were either like very sparse like that or they were super overproduced like a couple of the other ones that are going to come up. Yeah. But they're, they're all flawlessly replicated. Oh my God, yeah. The, the parodies are absolutely pitch perfect on this album. And this one that kicks it off is so, so perfect and so funny and... The the production and all the backup vocals of mm-hmm. himself and like the right right kill me every mm-hmm. single day huh <laughs> it's amazing and I really just wish I had Al like in my in my ear doing that over everything that I, <laughs> that I have to listen to throughout the day. I think out of all the parodies, there was maybe like one line in like one song that like where it was, the word wasn't exactly like a rhyme with the word. And I think it's yeah. in foil actually. And I was, and that's the only like thing in the, on the entire album that I was like, oh Al, come on, 
Like that's it. Literally one word. It's amazing, man. It's amazing. So our pal Josh McLean from Heels uh, pointed out to me going into this episode that our buddy Eddie Pepitone who I've done shows with and who tours with our mutual friend JT Habersat is in the I've video. I've done shows with him too, Jay. So yeah, I I said our mutual friend. No, you said you've done shows with him. I I've done a show with Eddie. Okay, well, congratulations. Anyway, he's in this <laughs> stupid video. Oh, when I brag, it's 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 meaningless, right? But when you do, that's okay. Sorry, it's what what were you saying? Done stuff. Um. So I was saying that. Uh, when I was looking at the Wikipedia page leading up to this episode, what really stuck out to me is uh, so many people have writing credits on that stupid Iggy Azalea song. Like who? Just no, there's just like seven names. Like not not like, not no, like no anyone you know, but it's uh, like a it's like a corporate you know like pop song that was written by committee for a label. Right, so right. it's like not like how many complete human brains does it take to write do dat do dat? Like why are there eight people involved? Cuz that's how it works, Jay. That's that's why nobody puts out albums anymore because it's all trash, like throwaway garbage. It doesn't deserve to be put onto actual physical media that people go by. I was, however, then surprised at comparing like the the later parodies because you're right that is how most pop songs are written now is like there's 14 people involved and they all get writer credits uh not the case on most of these other songs that he chose to parody here that hmm. it's okay. a lot of people actually wrote their own songs it's cool what were you saying about eddie pepitone before sorry uh he's in the music video for handy well i've got a little surprise for you jay he's been waiting patiently on hold this entire time EddiePepitone.com is his website. Hilarious stand-up. The king of the cameo. Been in so many movies, TV shows, and most importantly, go see him live on tour with our pal JT Habersat. Uh, they're going back out August 11th. Next week, if you're hearing this right when we release, in Indianapolis. They're going to be all over the country throughout the rest of the year. His new podcast is called Apocalypse Soon. Eddie Pepitone. What's up, Eddie? Jay Shinoy and Jay Wolf wanted to see if you had any fun stories about being in the Weird Al uh, handy video. You're on the podcast live right now. No. Nothing? Leave me the fuck alone and don't call me again. All right. Track two. Lame claim to fame. I tried to sit by Steve Buscemi, but he told me the seat's taken. I know a guy who knows 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 Kevin Bacon. Catch that J edit in there? I did, yeah. It was not subtle. That's a style parody of Southern culture on the skids. Uh, and a very good one. That sure does sound like that band. Right down to the werewolf howls. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I only know that one. What was their one hit song, Southern Culture on the <laughs> Their stage? one big song? I'm going to have to look up the, the title of it, but that was the CD that I had. A good, a good original. Uh, funny concept. Dropping uh, names and Jay, I I took that specific part, and then I wanted to get the chorus in there. Uh, but because we're gonna play a little game right now, we are gonna play a little game. Yeah, it's called the the lame claim to fame game, and each of us is gonna give the other three of our own personal lame claims to fame, not including performing with Eddie Pepitone. And we uh, 
one of them is going to be fake. Two of them are going to be real. And we're going to try and figure out which which is which. You want to go first? I'll go first, yeah. My three lame claims to fame are Steven Tyler ate at a restaurant one week after I quit working there. <laughs> okay. Two, I stayed at a beach house two doors down from the beach house of one of the guys from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers that is not Tom Petty. Okay. Or three, Randy Travis is my seventh or eighth cousin through marriage. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, hmm. I mean, that Tom Petty claim, that's really uh, that's really a doozy. I'm going to say that's a fake one. That is the fake one. <laughs> I knew However, there was no way. No way you stayed two beach houses down from a guy who's in Tom Petty's band that's not Tom Petty. No way. However, the beach house that I stayed at in Martha's Vineyard was two doors down from the house of one of the dudes from Sha Na Na. <laughs> Just a different, even less impressive band. <laughs> so tell me, what were the other two again that were real? Uh, Randy Travis is my seventh or eighth cousin through marriage. I've never met him or anything, but somewhere... Somewhere, someone from his family married someone from my grandmother's family. And okay. Steven Tyler indeed ate at the Bertucci's in the Manchester, New Hampshire mall one week after I quit my busboy job in uh, like 2003, 2005, That's maybe. Hilarious. Um, all right, you ready for mine? I am. So you'll know why these tie into the song when you hear them. Paul Rudd once asked me if this seat is taken, if he could sit next to me. I'm two degrees from Kevin Bacon in the six degrees of Kevin Bacon game. And Justine Bateman once grabbed my ass, which is the fake lame claim to fame, Jay. Paul Rudd. No, that is true. Paul Rudd's real? Yeah. Guess again. Two degrees from Kevin Bacon or Justine Bateman once grabbed my ass? Uh, I guess Justine Bateman because I feel like the (laughs) Kevin Bacon's too specific to be fake. (laughs) Then Mallory from Family Ties grabbing my butt. Yes. Uh, that is the fake one, Jay. It was actually Gwen Stefani who grabbed my ass. Oh. Yeah. Which is was a, that a, when you were a radio host? Uh, yeah, it was. We uh, had a meet and greet. Uh, we gave away concerts to a, a No Doubt ticket, and we did like a back, backstage meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And we took a picture with all of No Doubt. And as we were about to take the picture, she grabbed my ass. Was the drummer naked? No, thankfully. He was not. Uh, um, did Paul Rudd ask if the seat was taken also on your radio show? He like tried to host. No, but he was naked. <laughs> we were at a, it was a porn theater in Times Square. No, uh, it was at a uh, screening uh, for when they released the British sitcom uh, Spaced on DVD in America. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, with uh, Simon Pegg, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Frost, Edgar Wright. So they I released that the. DVD uh, set. Uh, and they did a screening of a few things. They had a Q&A at the theater, and there was like an upstairs balcony section for like media and invited guests and celebrities. And I was sitting there, Paul Rudd came over, and he asked uh, if he could sit there and if there was an empty seat for Joe Latrulio, who was also coming to the screening. And then uh, I'm two degrees from Kevin Bacon, Jay. Do you believe that? Well, yes, because you just told me it's true. Do you want to know how? Yes. Like, aren't you just going to explain it? Do I need to be involved in this part? Jay, I want you to be more excited. And try and, like, beg me for these hot, juicy details. Listen, I'm the interesting one that's done multiple shows with superstar Eddie Pepitone, so. (laughs) I was on the Cosby Show with Keisha Knight-Pulliam. We'll we'll post the the picture on the Instagram. Just a two-shot, just her and I in the the frame. 
And then Keisha Knight Pulliam was in Beauty Shop or Beauty Parlor with Kevin Bacon. How about that? That's probably the least interesting of the three stories that you just told. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. What's wilder is that she she was one degree, and if I went through Bill Cosby, it was two deg- or it was three degrees, and through Keisha Knight Pulliam, it was only two. I don't think that's that's that crazy. Cosby's star was burning hot back in the day. Yeah, but you think he would have been in more movies that might have got him closer? Not to Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon movies, not in, not in that time period. <laughs> you seen Tremors three? I have. <laughs> All right, that was fun. That was good, fun. Good game. Uh, but yeah, lame claim to fame. Fun song. Another hashtag list song. Just here's a celebrity in a random way. I have a connection to him. Fun. Great song. Rocking tune. Track three. Foil. Parody of uh, Lord Royals. And soon you've got black helicopters coming across the border. Puppet masters for the new world order. Be aware. There's always someone that's watching you. And still the government won't admit they face a whole moon landing. Thought control race, psychotronic scanning. Don't mind that. I'm protected because I made this hat from aluminum foil. Foil. That's my favorite parody from this record. And Very nice. Good pick. That turning point is absolutely why. Because the first verse is about aluminum foil protecting your food. And it's funny. It's a good mm-hmm. food verse. And because it is, like you said, like down to the word, a perfectly written parody. Yep. And then verse two. You're like, what else can you do with aluminum foil? <laughs> he takes it into making a hat because you're a conspiracy theorist, and it is brilliant. That's where it he transcends the concept. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a, uh, what do you call it, escalation song. And we get another one of those later, too. I love I love a Weird Al hashtag escalation song. This was escalation. This was a... Uh, oh, God damn it, you're killing me on the puns today. A tough choice for me. It's the last episode. I gotta leave a good impression. It's not though. Come back, back for the real fine alley. Uh, this was was <laughs> tough for me to determine what was gonna be the favorite parody. But I mean, the first time I heard this, it it floored me with that that spring into the the second. Mm-hmm. The man's a genius. The man's a yep. genius. It's great, and the video is great too because it's he's like a. Like a news, you know, morning news host guy doing like a segment about leftovers, and then it transforms into him having like a nervous breakdown on the show, and then he yeah. gets carted off by uh, uh, Tom Lennon and Ben Grant <laughs> from the state. It's great. All right, track four is my favorite original. Jay, I love this so so much. Is it? As a former jock, I think this is great, and my whole goal in life is to now play this at like a professional sports stadium. <laughs> so I think it'd be great. In fact, we play teams across the nation, and you're the worst one we've come across. Try to assimilate that information, and it just might help you cope with your impending loss. So, and if somehow we are still failing to effectively articulate the points at hand, allow us now to summarize the minimum. That your feeble brains can understand. We're great, We're great. and you suck. We're great. We're great, and you suck. You suck. <laughs> Just that part needs to be isolated and played at like a 
National Football League game. Like, how great would that be? The beginning of this song is what really cracks me up. It's just that our sports team is vastly superior. Uh, yeah. and, and yours is <laughs> inferior. And then the end of the first verse with, your guys, eh, not so much. Not so much, yeah. <laughs> it's great, too. It's a very funny well, song. I love the kind of just stripping away all the specifics and just... Mm-hmm. It's almost like an observational humor song where it's yeah, o- describing over, every sporting event you've ever seen. Yeah, over nerding it and ex- over explaining what's happening using big words that don't go with any kind of, you know, sports stuff. Uh, if Weird Al ever does get to play the Super Bowl, like there's a, a petition for. There's I been mean, so how, many petitions. Listeners, yeah, how, many, have tried how great to share would it be? Petition. Comes out with a huge marching band playing this song. Dude, it's perfect. It, it really, like. They obviously just don't know at the NFL about this song because they, they would right. want that to happen if they did. <laughs> and it also wouldn't surprise me if they didn't know about this song because stupid jocks, of course, are not listening to Weird Al or other cool things. There needs to be some sort of nerd who is in the AV club at their local high school that might be listening that maybe plays the music at the football team and like does the PA announcing at the games. You need to take that clip and play it, even though you'll get in a little trouble. You'll be the hero, and if you film it, I guarantee you'll go viral. Just play the "We're Great, You Suck." Were you that AV kid, or were you yes, actually a job? Of course, I was, Jay. <laughs> actually, I was both. Believe it or not, I was on the teams, and then the teams that I wasn't playing for, I was doing the announcing, and you know, reading the morning announcements over the thing, and and playing the songs, DJing at the the college basketball games, doing all the things. I was absolutely not a jock at all. Believe it or believe it. All right, so track five. <laughs> Well, Jay, you have to go to school to play on the school teams. That's how that works. (laughs) I did for a whole 11 (laughs) years. Uh, Track five is our next parody, and this is the one that I had a a tough call deciding if my favorite was going to be this or Foil. It's a parody of Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. favorite parody jay it should be it's someone needs to pick it man it is brilliant it's so good it's amazing teachers play that in school with the video the video is great right it's animated uh, with all the words Yeah, well it's like an animated lyric video where like just the words kind of pop up and go along with as they're being said but oh it's it's flawless It's, it's a masterpiece first off uh it really is a masterpiece and it's a subject he had never tackled before is the the whole grammar Nazism. Uh, mm-hmm. And man, he he did a perfect job with, with the subject and the song and... All the lyrics fit, the rapping, yeah. the performance on it is amazing. Yeah, and the, the falsetto voice is pitch perfect literally and figuratively. <laughs> it's so great. And that song was so huge at the time. Like It so was, huge. and a good friend of mine, uh, his name's Sam Title. When this album came out, we had a discussion about how he was so thankful for Al doing this song. Because the song, Blurred Lines, 
by Robin Thicke is a very catchy, very mm-hmm. hooky pop song that gets stuck in your head and is totally about how sometimes rape might be okay. And so <laughs> <Yes>. Al <laughs> turned that really catchy, fun, poppy song into something you don't feel bad about tapping your foot and bobbing your head to. And he got the word crime in there too, which is nice. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I don't know how he does it sometimes. Like if this is like your last album and like your biggest, you know, hit off that album, which I think it was, right? I mean, that and the uh, tacky was kind of because of the video with all the celebrities in it. But I think this was the big one off this. What a what a beautiful, huge, amazing way to like go out with your last big, huge single. It's phenomenal. It's in my opinion, like just as. This probably should have been track one because this really is just yeah. as much of a like swing and knock it out of the park as his all-time greats. My guess is maybe at the time this came out, maybe that was a little bit older of a song than Handy, so he went with that instead. But I, I didn't do the work to find out. That would be my guess, though. Hey, if they're still listening at this point, they're not going to leave. We can phone it in. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Also, but I forgot to mention with sports team or sports song, it's that was a nice uh, way to bring back the wild card. That we haven't seen for a while, like the wild. For card sure, song. yeah, that's absolutely what that feels like because yep. it's an original, but it's not. It's not like a real song, quote unquote. Like yeah. he definitely intentionally wrote a yep. novelty song, and he for doesn't sure. usually do that, especially in the later career. Yep. So it's it's nice that he went back to that for the final album. All right, track six. Uh, this is a Foo Fighters pastiche, "My Own Eyes." song another uh kind of list song things al has seen and yeah it definitely captures that foo fighters vibe yeah it's a little not specifically foo fighters for me but i don't know that um i don't know that there's much you could do because if you're going for like kind of that after the first two albums or so foo fighters sound they do kind of sound like a lot of other like radio alternative bands so fair for it to not really be that distinct is not necessarily me saying that it doesn't sound a lot like the Foo Fighters because they kind of stopped having their own real distinct sound to me. <laughs> True. But it's got that like little guitar riff in there and then the little stop and starts. It's definitely very Foo Fighters. Yeah, there's on... there's ingredients to be sure. And yeah. actually in that clip <laughs> that you played, I was just thinking, oh, I'm about to say this thing and that clip he's playing, this does kind of sound like a Foo Fighters song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jay, what's a, what's a, some kind of crazy thing you've seen with your own eyes? You got any, um, any fun things you could add if this was your song? Yeah, I've seen a seagull eat a lit cigarette. <laughs> really? Yeah, you know what else I've seen? An adult human child eat a lit cigarette. What? Why are people and animals eating lit cigarettes around you? you uh, like- the seagull was in a, a mall parking lot. Most of these are centered around the, the mall restaurant job that I had for a long time. Uh, the seagull was in a mall parking lot. I was pretty sure you are going to say because I was holding the seagull and forcing its mouth open. <laughs> No, it wasn't. It wasn't even my cigarette butt. But no, someone tossed it. And there was a seagull nearby. They tossed a cigarette butt at it. It picked it up. 
You know what I hate when you're like walking on a boardwalk at the beach and you have like one of those paper cones full of cigarette butts and all the seagulls attack you. <laughs> Uh, and the kid was in the parking lot of the apartment <laughs> complex that I lived with. It was just some scummy white trash kid. It was like six. <laughs> you sure it wasn't another seagull, Jay, or another bird? <laughs> he just thought it was a kid. Was the kid eating the seagull who was eating the lit cigarette? I've seen a dishwasher with a speech impediment ride his bike into a car. <laughs> I've also seen a mall security guard back into a parked car with their car. Oh, I actually literally did that literally this week. That's probably the least weird thing I'll talk about because that I didn't even write that one down because it's just the previous thing I said made me think of it. Uh, my last one that I had was uh, actually go ahead. Why don't Why don't you give me some? Because this this last one's a doozy. I mean, I I only got one. It can also be a lame claim to fame. I've seen Jerry only from the Misfits do the YMCA on a boat. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, You might need to fart out a word that I'm about to say. Uh Uh-oh. I've seen a guy who worked at a hand lotion kiosk at the mall during the holidays jerk off in a public bathroom stall. With my own eyes. It was on a video, (laughs) but it was in the, the public bathroom in the restaurant that I worked at. Someone heard it because dude had the sound on. If you're gonna gonna self-please... In a public bathroom stall, you don't get volume. Most of us don't even get to do that at home. You don't get to turn the volume up. What are you doing? But so someone I worked with heard it, pulled their phone out, and went like up over the edge of the stall to get a video and pulled it back down and then went to watch it. And I was like, so if he wasn't, you just took a video of someone in a very compromising position. And he was like, well, I mean, he's watching porn with the sound all the way up. So I felt... Wow. I felt pretty much like I wasn't invading him too much with what he was doing to everyone in the bathroom. And uh, indeed it was. We called that dude the Mad Whacker. (laughs) Uh, And my buddies in the kitchen and I would regularly, a little parody for you here. I'm bringing it all all back around to Weird Al. We would regularly sing Forgot About Dre by Dr. Dre and say, so where's all the Mad Whackers at? It's like a jungle in this habitat. Nice. Equally disgusting, I uh, I saw a human being take a dump in broad daylight in the middle of two parked cars in New York City outside the Port Authority. I don't know. You got to see Gigi Allen before he died? That's cool. <laughs> Didn't even have to buy a ticket. In yeah. New York City, that's like a that's an hourly show that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Put a quarter in, someone takes a dump in the street. This, yeah, it's not a weird thing to see. <laughs> All right, let's move on. This is Track 7's our of- polka. Girl or that body. He's sexy and he knows it. I wear your granddad's clothes. I look incredible. I'm in this big old coat from that thrift shop down the road. Hey, he wears your granddad's clothes. That's right. He looks incredible. I do. He's in that big old coat it's from that thrift shop hey, down the road. Let's go. I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm hunting, looking for a come up. This is super. Uh, it's a 10 out of 10. It's a flawless, 
flawless polka. It's such a great polka, and there's so many little things that add laughs to it that mm-hmm. the thing you just played, the Macklemore, that's right, I do! <laughs> it's so funny to me. There's Same. something like that in almost every song. The uh, uh-huh. the best song ever part where he goes, I think it went, good, good, good. I think it went, good, oh. good, good. and then that oh. goes into, yeah. I think it went, eh, 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 eh and it's Gangnam style where the horns sound perfect. That's the part I wanted to use and I forgot. Oh man, it's ah. yeah, this it's is so good. This is a top I could have played any part of it. Yeah, could have played any part of this for sure. And the beginning with Wrecking Ball sounds oddly amazing as a polka. Yep. It's like the epitome of of polka. Like he nailed it with with word crimes and this is like you can't get better than this if you're going to do it now. That's what I call polka with all the current pop songs. It, and it's not like his his career started out bad and then got amazing like he was he was already amazing but oh my god late career like what way to double down and just go Go out on top it's so good and you know what it kind of spoiled what i was thinking of doing for my my own album but i'll I'll talk about it next week i I wanted to do like a like a viral video polka or youtube polka but then i forgot he's got gangnam style and call me maybe in here which were like two huge like viral video songs that Mm crossed over onto the radio and i'm like oh i, I kind of can't do that now i mean there's plenty of other ones that could be used but i don't know we'll see if i can come up with something better but let's go to track eight mission statement we must all efficiently operationalize our strategies invest in world-class technology and leverage our core competencies in order to holistically administrate exceptional synergy. Son of a gun. <laughs> so good. It's it's so well written to like what he's trying to accomplish that I don't enjoy listening to it that much. It's exhausting. But he takes the most boring genre of music and then combines it with the most boring corporate speak. Yes. And it all fits perfectly and puts you right to sleep. <laughs> You're like, no, make it stop. He has, said, he has said many times talking about this album that uh, in the process of making it, he was listening to a lot of older bands and older music. And I mean, even Southern Culture, Southern Culture on the Skids was like 20 years old that album sure. by the by 2014 when this came out and he said that that really influenced a lot of the originals and things that he chose to do pistachios up here and i mean this is this is a very old song when uh compared yeah, to what is this supposed to be crosby it. stills and nash right for the most part yeah this is uh pretty du- almost a direct parody honestly of sweet judy blue eyes okay i'm mad i'm mad at how clever and good that is as much as like i hate it and i think he wants you to hate it because it's all corporate doublespeak and and folk music it's maddening how good it is and i love that it's another brand new topic like he really dug deep on this one for stuff that he hasn't hit on like totally new topics for songs and it just makes it sound so fresh you know what i mean yeah but i really can't state enough how much listening to this song feels like listening to an audiobook of electronics instructions <laughs> it is it is work you should get an hourly rate to listen to this song. <laughs> but it's so damn brilliant i had to include it on here 
All right, track nine uh, is going to be a skip. Again, not for any particular reason. It's very well done. It's a parody. It's inactive. It's a parody of uh, Radioactive by who? Imagine Dragons? Yeah, this is, thanks for skipping this. This is by far my least favorite parody on the album, and it's no fault to Al. I think that band is boring. I think that song is boring. I think the parody is kind of boring, but I think it's mostly because of the the source material. I don't think it's funny enough to get me to listen to it despite hating the the original but that's that's pretty tough to do especially with this band so yeah um but it is again perfectly executed the music is not is exact it's spot on oh the the inactive inactive and radioactive again the it all fits like a perfect jigsaw puzzle Mm -hmm. uh you know lyrically syllabically syllabically and and it's nice it's a nice mix that it's a totally kind of weird different genre that was kind of new at the time. So it's nice for the album that it kind of breaks it up that way. But yeah, it's not particularly super funny, but it is very, very, again, well done. It does sound unlike anything else on this album. And uh, I'll agree that it adds some some element of variety that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like sonically, this is this is kind of another production show-off thing because this is they're, they're a band that uses every studio trick in the book to... Yep. Sound better than they really do. So, <laughs> all right, track ten. It's first world problems. I couldn't order off the breakfast menu because I slept until two. Then I filled up on bread. Didn't leave any room for tiramisu. Oh no, there's a pixel out in the corner of my laptop screen. I don't have any bills in my wallet small enough for the vending machine. Some idiot just. Is that your uh, best original, favorite original pick? That's my pick for original right there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge Pixies fan. My first tattoo was a Pixies tattoo, and he does a great job doing a Pixies pistachio, except for one specific ingredient, and you already mentioned it. Those are B-52's harmonies. Those yeah, are not totally. Kim Deal harmonies. Yeah, I, I'm another it's, Pixies are another band for whatever reason, and it seems like I would like them, but I, another hole in my music knowledge i couldn't name more than like two pixie songs i just never dug into them for whatever reason uh i just looked it up you know who is the female voice on that song who is it it's amanda palmer oh wow mrs gaiman or ex mrs gaiman dresden dolls uh big fan yeah i'm i i still like you amanda a lot of other people have have abandoned ship abandoned ship (laughs) Still a big fan, still a big fan of the Pixies, and think that, yeah, other than other than the fact that Amanda Palmer is very much singing B-52's harmonies and not Kim Deal harmonies. Uh-huh. Uh, I think yeah. other other than that, there are so many ingredients that are pretty directly ripped from, from Pixies songs, the kind of janky surf guitars and the mm-hmm. the voice that he's doing is, is a pretty good Black Francis. He could maybe yell a little bit. Throw a little Spanish in there for me mid-sentence for no reason. But other than that, other than that, good job, Al. Here's another fun fact uh, on the Poco medley. I guess his wife, Sus- his wife Suzanne Yankovic, or is that his daughter? Does he have a daughter? I think he does have a daughter, but I don't. I don't know all the uh, all the members of the Yankovic tribe. Well, one of one of them is credited with screams 
on the polka <laughs> the polka medley. I love that. It's not super hilarious, but it's you know a nice another thing that he hasn't really touched on. So it's yet not another super new funny. Topic. So I am absolutely picking it more for the fact that he's uh, pastiching. There you go. I said it, everybody. You got oh, wow. <laughs> a, a band that I love, and he's doing doing a good job. And I like I like to listen to the song. It's way more that than the than the like lyrical content or anything. But yeah, I mean I I love that song as a as a song because it it sounds like it was written to sound like a band that I love a whole bunch. Makes sense. All right, track eleven is Tacky, which is a parody of Happy by Pharrell. We're going to skip that one, Jay. It's going to be our, our two skips, our tacky and inactive. Uh, it's good. It's, it's it's not, again, not super hilarious, but it's, again, production spot on. Lyrics are good. It's, it's kind of funny. It had the great video with all the celebrity cameos in it. I think it's fair to skip this one because, again, it's it's tough to choose on this album. It's a, yeah, it's a real... It's still good, but not my favorite. Yeah, so uh, I do think that this is a great parody and i do think it's it's funnier certainly than like inactive, inactive or yeah. other songs that we might have been like it's not particularly funny the video is great mm-hmm. but i don't disagree with with skipping this one it is just happy by, <laughs> by <laughs> yeah. Pharrell. uh however my note when i was looking at this so few people wrote this pharrell williams song <laughs> just one guy this was he wrote the whole song, which not that I think that's particularly impressive of a song to have written just you, but in the time that we currently live in, where certainly Pharrell has access to the 20 people that will write songs for you. Sure. Yeah, he's out he's there the, right, another, writing his own songs genius. and being happy about it. I'm a big Pharrell fan. I appreciate what that guy does. Me too. I think he's a, he's an amazing producer, and I think he, yep. he is a very good songwriter and great uh, musician in his own right. Also, what I just learned from the previous track when I was giving you additional performers, we have a background vocalist here, and it's an old friend of ours, Jay. Lisa Popeil is back to do ah. some BGVs. Love it. Bringing it back, baby. Bringing it full circle. I was going to say, it's the third time that we've seen her. She's probably been backup vocals more times than that. We've just actually looked at the liner notes for who was doing backup vocals <laughs> three times on this entire podcast. I think that's fun, though, that he brought her back. Absolutely. I thought it yeah. was fun enough that I should mention it into a microphone. <laughs> Track 12 is our final Al Epic, and it is called Jackson Park Express, and it is a style parody of Cat Stevens. I cleared my throat quietly. And then I looked away And I'm sure It was obvious to her Just what I was trying to say I was trying to say Hey, I'd like to make a wall-sized mirror Out of all the dead skin cells That you slough off While you sleep at night Oh, I'd like to rip you wide open And French kiss skin over my own skin but not in a creepy way <laughs> this might be the grossest song that that dude has ever written <laughs> what a way to go out another <laughs> another has, hashtag escalation song oh my god it's off. so creepy 
just a weird psychopath on a bus just sees a woman and then imagines all these scenarios goes through a full relationship that kind of gets near the end with that and then a, a breakup without them ever having said a word to each other she gets off the bus and it's nine minutes long it, it is so extensive and detailed i frequently forget what the song's actually about when I'm <laughs> listening to it. I lose the narrative that they're they're actually on yeah. the Jackson Park Express because yeah, he lives he lives a whole life. He is he is Leo <laughs> eight levels down in inception, having having his whole growing old with with this woman and then and she gets off the bus, and, and the album ends. Yep, and the, the catalog ends, the catalog. And what, what a way to close it out. And, you know, going back to the, the long epic to finish it off, I love it, man. It's, it's such a good album. It really is, all, all the way through. Truly. I mean... You get everything you want. Everything. Yeah, and I, I know we've said it many, many times on this episode, but it really can't be overstated that it's, it's amazing that you, your mm. 14th album is as good as this album is. That's insane. And, it, and after, what, 30 years at that point, 80, 91, yeah, 25 years, you had a number one song. Yes. Yeah. It's cra- a number one album. It's crazy. We've done, it's crazy. We've done, in like six months, we've done 14 episodes of a podcast. I stand by maybe two of them. <laughs> which, one, which episode do you think is going to get the most downloads when we're done? I don't know. I think we should discuss our favorite episodes next week on our big oh, finale where you can idea. hear us. Good idea. Oh, hear us that's give, another give thing. Give awards to all our favorite Al Staples. The, you know what? That's what we need our listeners to do is tell us which was their favorite episode. So give us your favorite song, your favorite original, your favorite parody, your favorite album, and then your favorite Weird albums episode. Your favorite episode. We want that too. And then... We also want you to acknowledge how good my puns were in this entire episode. <laughs> very consistent. Very good work. Uh, Jay, I hope, and I know you did it last episode, but a couple episodes back, you didn't do the death toll on the Heels episode, and we got a lot of angry uh, messages. People did we? were mad. Yeah. All right, play the stupid clip. I'll give you a, I'll give you a body <laughs> count. Body count. Body count. Body count. Yeah, motherfucker. Thank you, Ollie Peters. What do you got? I don't actually know. I didn't keep track of it for this album, so I'm gonna have to. Oh, I'm gonna have to uh, record it afterwards, <laughs> and then tack it onto the end of this epi, and then you can oh, edit it out and make it my. sound like I. I had the number, except because you're such an awful friend, I know that actually this part is going to be in the episode. <laughs> Probably. Everyone's the going to hear that I procrastinated. <laughs> then the there will be a little more editing, and you'll hear the actual death toll number. <laughs> well, I know for a fact there was one, a mime gets hacked open with an invisible cleaver or something like that in uh, my own eyes. Does that count? Yeah, I was, I was going to say... Um, I don't know. Maybe there weren't any on this. I was like, no, there definitely were. I need to I need to go back and I need to tell them. <laughs> All right, let's do this then. You will give us the body count for this episode and then the final tally of all the weird albums on our final next episode. All right. What else do we need to say, man? It's it's amazing. What a way to what a way to go out if he never does do another full album. I would love to see him do a, an album of originals. Maybe I mean, I hope that two full sold-out tours of originals 
makes him realize that he can do that. And do it do it at your leisure, Al. Put it out whenever you want. It doesn't matter. They're not parodies. They're not timely. I bet he's working on it. I bet he's been working on it, Jay. Do you think he's just not, not releasing them? Do you think after all the years of back and forth with Prince and trying to do like a Prince parody that he's now just pulling a Prince and filling a vault with unreleased Al media? I hope so. By the way, we forgot to mention he takes a little shot at Prince and word crimes too. He says you never use the number when you're say you're saying a number unless your name is Prince. Like or you never write. You the should number. never uh yeah, write words using numbers unless yeah. you're seven or your name is Prince. <laughs> Shots fired. Take that dead guy. All right. Anything else we need to say? It's a masterpiece. No. Uh, please come back in two weeks and listen to one more episode of our dumb little show. And uh, it's been a blast doing these. And I'm I'm excited to wrap it all up in two weeks, man. This is the big culmination. Yeah, give us. We want your feedback. Weirdalbums at gmail.com, at weirdalbums on Instagram. We're going to do a post up there. We want to know your favorite Al song, original Favorite Al parody, favorite Al bum, and then your favorite episode. And then whatever else you want to write that's funny and or mean. Also, also, yeah, if you just want to continue telling us things about yourself, you can. we'll probably read all of it. <laughs> all hundreds of the one message we'll get. Thanks to the legend himself, Eddie Pepitone, the king of cameos. Go see him and JT out on tour doing stand-up in a town near you. We'll talk to you in two weeks, guys. Thanks for listening. See ya. We- I mean, I got one. That's a lot. You got to embellish. These people don't know. They think we have millions of listeners. Note to self, cut all this part out.